study questions supposed link between being higher weight and cognitive decline. This is the Weight and Healthcare newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. Thanks to everyone who sent me this article from Medical News Today and asked me to write about it. I'll discuss the study, but I'm also going to talk about the article because it's a great demonstration of how even articles that appear to question weight stigma can still be deeply rooted in weight stigma. The article is called BMI, Quote Obesity and Cognitive Ability, Study Questions Previously Established Link. Before I get into it, I want to start by saying that the concept of cognitive ability is problematic and has been and continues to be used as a tool to forward racism, ableism, weight stigma, transphobia, homophobia, and more. The article starts, in 2016, more than 1.9 billion adults worldwide were, quote, overweight, of which more than 650 million adults were affected by, quote, obesity, end quote. The affected by, quote, obesity line is right out of the weight loss industry playbook. They are claiming that these person-first constructs constitute anti-stigma language, but in fact, it's a massive part of their goal of having simply existing in a fat body be seen as a health condition. I wrote about this in detail previously. Next, they say, quote, obesity, a condition where a person's weight is not within healthy limits, potentially causing other health concerns, end quote. This is just a weird way to say this. For starters, there's no such thing as a healthy weight limit or a healthy weight for that matter. There can be two people of the exact same weight with vastly different health statuses and two people with vastly different health statuses of the exact same weight. To be clear, quote, obesity is just a ratio of weight and height. At least they used potentially. Next, they say, quote, Current projections state by 2025 that number will grow to 160 million adults and children will become overweight or, quote, obese, end quote. First of all, projecting the number of fat people who might exist as if it's a bad thing is, in fact, weight stigma. Beyond that, let's remember that the most common outcome of weight loss attempts is total weight regain, with up to 66% of people regaining more weight than they lost. If people are so worried about fat people existing, and note that I don't endorse that, then they should tell people to stop trying intentional weight loss immediately. Next, quote, previous research shows, quote, obesity as a potential risk factor for a number of diseases, including diabetes, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, rheumatoid arthritis, and cancer, end quote. I, again, appreciate them using potential to modify risk factor, but again, it's still coming from a place of being fully invested in the body size as disease model. In fact, the experiences of weight stigma, weight cycling, and healthcare inequality, or other potential confounding variables, may be the actual risk factors. They continue, quote, Additionally, past studies have linked, quote, obesity to a greater risk for cognitive decline. Now researchers from University College London cast doubt on a causal link between, quote, obesity and cognitive ability. They believe the existing findings linking cognitive ability and BMI are biased by shared family factors. The study was recently published in the journal PLOS Medicine, end quote. We'll get to this momentarily. They say, quote, how do you define, quote, obesity? A person has, quote, obesity if their current weight is too high for their height. The most common way of defining whether a person has, quote, obesity or not is through the body mass index. I have to point out that based on this definition, you could say that a person is, quote, obese if their height is too low for their weight. 
This makes it sound like there is some factual basis upon which this is built. In reality, it's based on body mass index, or BMI, which in turn is based on the sketchy work of an 1800 statistician and a whole bunch of modern profit motive. Moving on, let's talk about the study. Just for starters, I think the quotes that the authors offer in the article, as well as the why was the study done, make it clear that they're still fully committed to a body size as disease model, and they are invested in the idea of trying to discover why people are fat so that they can determine a path to prevent or eradicate fatness. So while, as we'll see, their study questions assumptions about size and cognitive health, they are still viewing their result through a lens of weight stigma and fat eradication. For background, Previous studies of people who are not related have suggested that adolescents with higher cognitive ability become thinner adults, specifically that adjusting for family socioeconomic position, moving from the 25th to 75th percentile of adolescent cognitive ability was associated with an estimated minus 0.61 kilogram per meter squared decrease in adult BMI. The first thing I want to point out is that this is still a difference of less than one BMI point. There are lots of possible confounding variables here, again, including experiences of weight stigma, weight cycling, and healthcare inequalities that this new study doesn't take into account. The goal of this study is to attempt to control for shared family factors, including genetics, socioeconomic status, parenting style, including food choices, and parental cognitive ability. While this study doesn't look at individual shared family factors, it tries to control for them generally by studying siblings. This study found that moving from the 25th to 75th percentile of adolescent cognitive ability was associated with just a negative 0.06 kilogram per meter squared decrease in adult BMI. Going back to the article, this is when it takes a sharp turn into stereotype town. In explaining the results, the study's lead author is quoted as saying, quote, two possibilities for this small association are that one, our results were biased toward finding smaller associations, for example, by siblings influencing each other, and two, reflective decision-making isn't so important in determining BMI as other factors like satiety, etc. Dr. Wright added, both of these are speculative, end quote. So let's look at that second possibility because that's where we get into a serious issue. The premise here, which may be obvious, but I want to write it out anyway, is that being fat is the result of bad choices. So the question that this research, both earlier research with unrelated subjects and this new study, is trying to answer is if the reason people become fat is that they lack the cognitive ability to make choices that will keep them from becoming fat. Even in questioning that in the quotes above, the study authors are still saying that if reflective decision making isn't what makes people fat, then we should look to things like satiety, with no discussion, for example, of the idea that body diversity is simply part of the natural order of things. The amount of money that is spent on research trying to figure out what fat people do, quote, wrong that makes us fat and what could be done to eradicate fat people and prevent any more from existing is staggering and, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely wasted. Let's pour that money into things that would actually help, like studies to create best practices in surgery and pharmacotherapy for supporting the health of fat people. Let's stop trying to eradicate fat people from the world and start creating a world where fat people can thrive. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.